This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. All right, we're here with another segment of Movie Blabber, and this week the topic of discussion is Spider-Man Far From Home, the ending of the Infinity Saga. And with me to discuss such a movie is uh, actually becoming a a good friend. Um, I was on his podcast, The Nerd Cantina, not too long ago to talk about comics. We've got Steve here from The Nerd Cantina. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Dude, I'm, I'm... happy i'm happy to talk about this movie i went to not gonna lie i went to go record this podcast by myself yesterday now that this isn't any fun i want to talk to somebody that actually watched the movie and i want to i want to get another reaction out of it because i noticed one thing as much as i follow you and your podcast we tend to have very differing opinions on a lot of movies so i think that just makes for a much much more interesting podcast when oh for sure for sure myself so um well, I want to start out by saying, how did you feel going into the movie? What was your hype level like? Well, considering the media um, campaign that Marvel and Disney put out, I was a little skeptical going in. I wasn't too excited because I, I felt like it was going to carry um, some of the parts of Endgame I didn't quite enjoy. And I thought they were going to double down on that in Spider-Man, given the fact of of all the trailers and, and the hype and the talk, um, you know, before its release. So I kind of went in with just kind of like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I went in not expecting much until they dropped that whole multiverse thing on me, and I, and I thought, oh shit, okay, that they're they're really ending it with a bang here. And 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 by the way, this is uh, I'm gonna this is a completely spoiler filled podcast. So for all the listeners out there, make sure you go see the movie before you listen to this. So don't worry about spoilers. Talk. Uh, if you're listening to a comic book podcast, you should probably have seen it by now. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. This isn't for movie fans. These are for comic book. This is a podcast for comic book fans. So, yeah. Um, full full disclosure. So yeah, from here on out, there will be tons of spoilers. I'm not tiptoeing around anything. But in the most Mysterio of fashions, we got Mysterio when they dropped the whole multiverse thing. There was no multiverse. That's, I Which, mean, there is a multiverse, but it didn't play into this movie at all. It was all just a giant ruse by Mysterio, who, of course, did turn out to be the bad guy like we all expected it to be, at least the comic book nerds. 
and honestly, God, that was like a big, I let out a big sigh of relief once I found out the multiverse was a bunch of bullshit. Like I, I really just kind of like took a deep breath and was just like, thank God we're not just going to go down this, this rabbit hole of what ifs and could be's and this is this and that is that. Like I just, it, by, by the end of the movie, I was just so happy to have, kind of gotten back to a normal place in the Mar- MCU. It, you know, it, was, so- it was a good time to breathe. You know, it, it was, it was a finale to the whole saga, but at the same time, it wasn't, there wasn't any big bombs dropped or anything. It was just a cool movie. It, was, it gave us time to breathe. It, does, it doesn't give us anything to really look forward to massively in the MCU. It doesn't really give us any, inclination of what's going to happen in phase four really i mean there's a couple of things maybe but nothing massive so yeah, yeah no it, 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 it was it played really well in addressing a lot of the uh things that needed to be addressed and it really um did it in a, a kind of a light-hearted way infinity war and endgame were really heavy movies you know there was a lot of weight to them they, they were really heavy it was really good for spider-man to come back and give a little bit of light-hearted you know wasn't like campy or anything like that but it it it, it let the it let the air back in the room i you could you could breathe again i you know? I, I totally agree i think that's a good assessment man it was it was it was light it was, it was very light i i dug it at least i dug that that aspect of it i um, i did like what they did with mysterio though i mean the fact that um you know because his big thing is deception and and th- you know so however you you get to that end core of his character whether it be magic or you know uh psychic abilities or whatever you know way you wanted to go i think i thought they they were able to do it in a, a modern fashion, but keep the core of who Mysterio was, you know, so I thought they did a really good job of that. You know, it's not comic book Mysterio, you know, even though the costume looked great. Dude, that costume was so on point, man. Yeah. The, I, I really dug that costume. That's one thing I do love about the MCU is that they don't try to reinvent, you know, when they did the X-Men movies, people just wanted to see a blue and yellow costume Wolverine. You know what I mean? That's all people wanted to see. And you never got it. Cause every time they wanted to, you know, spacesuit X-Men and yeah. you know, the, the fact that they, they, they keep true to, to the core of these characters, you know, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't magic. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was more technology and, and whatnot so it, it was different but but really the same you know he right his, his end game goals and his end game you know um abilities were still up that same deceptive alter your reality kind of realm which you know i i, I respect that you know they do a good job with it so i'll take it man i'll, I'll take it as a w for sure absolutely um, speaking of costumes and all that, what do you think of all the Spider-Man suits they threw in here? I mean, we got two new suits in there and then we got, you know, pretty much all of Tom Holland's suits throughout being Spider-Man throughout, you know, even yeah. some sequences smaller than others. But I mean, what do you think of the two new suits? How'd you feel about them? Um, the, the black suit. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't too big of a fan. Dude, that still suit Spider-Man. I'm not going to lie. I was super fucking disappointed with night monkey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say night monkey. Wasn't it night monkey? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm because not a night wearing, monkey fan. 
Yeah, the, the mask looked like someone just threw a ski mask over his face and they glued some eyeball flip lenses on there. I don't know. It didn't look like it was designed by S.H.I.E.L.D. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't a fan of that. I was a fan of the web pits, you know, so he got his little squirrel suit kind of spider-man suit like, oh yeah no that that his the final I, suit that he he I ended up enjoy with. that you know and it was kind of like cool how they you know i really think they're setting up spider-man to be the next um character that kind of carries the mcu you know I'm, iron I'm man s- it, it just makes the most sense it, it really does you know at, at first no one i could see people not buying that because Oh, he's just coming in. He's a 16-year-old boy. But between all the stuff that we've seen since Homecoming, Civil War, or really since Civil War up until now, I mean, he hasn't been on screen a whole lot, but we have seen a lot of growth. And he is kind of proving that he really should be the one carrying the MCU. I mean, I can't think of a better a better face. You know, maybe Doctor Strange. Uh, Feige says Captain Marvel, but I'm not buying that for a fucking second because you can't just shoehorn a character in and say this is the new face of the MCU, even though and it's the most divisive character the MCU's brought in. So it just makes sense for Spider-Man to come in. Yeah, and I think the the whole scene, you know, of him designing his suit was kind of like it, it felt. A lot of the movie felt like they were passing the torch from Iron Man to well, Spider Man on purpose. You know, even, like even when uh, he's designing the suit, Happy Hogan throws on the fucking goddamn ACDC bullshit. You know, Tony. Yeah, Stark, I mean, you know, it's, the, that's the a whole... little fan service. Like I could do without that a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, no, that was total fan service. But at the same time, it, it was also very much them saying you know this is him trying to potentially be the next tony stark and that really seemed to be the theme to the whole movie was who's going to be the next tony stark because mysterio wanted to be the next tony stark and i mean spider-man is kind of expected to be the next tony stark on account of the glasses edith and all that we'll get to that in a minute but so that, that was that was just the whole theme it seemed and i don't know i, I thought it was kind of cool uh tony stark was all over this fucking movie without being in this movie so it was yeah they they really did play up the uh well i mean because i think they just wanted to get across the fact that the world recognized him as the savior he did save three and a half billion people you know at the end at the end end game so i think they were just trying to get across that no one forgot who he was and and no i I totally buy that i actually think that was a smart move i do i did not expect to see status in in the mcu yep no i i I get you there for sure for sure so um we thought we were going to get the uh kind of a the slew of villains or at least i thought i was going to get the slew of villains in this movie you know hydro man and molten man and all that stuff and what did you think of how they were portrayed? Because obviously it wasn't them. It wasn't them, but at the same time, I think that was their like, hey, at least we gave you these. Like, it might not be the villains that you wanted, but it's the villains you're going to get. So either take it or leave it. Well, and it's not like it, we needed Hydro Man and Molten Man to be, uh, we needed a whole saga based off of those guys. You know, I mean, they are totally one off villains for sure. I just, I could see a lot of people you know, being pissed off because, oh, shit, these guys were holograms the whole time with the, you know, so I could, were you one of those people? Not, not really. Like, I think it played into the story and the twist really well. You know, it wasn't like the scenes lacked action or anything like that. The fact that 
they were fake. I mean, it's it's a movie. Do, did you really need like unless you were really bought into like they they they're not characters. You know what I mean? They were just, well, I think that's know. that's the beauty of it is because they didn't characterize them. We didn't have to invest any more love into any new characters because we all wanted to go in investing in the Mysterio is what it came down to. We really just wanted to invest in Mysterio being the new face. So, yeah, so you never get like attached to them. You know that they're just these these temporary villains yeah. to to carry the the plot further. Um, I thought that was a, a great choice in writing style there, man. I thought that was brilliant. I, I dug that quite a bit. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. Uh, another another thing they did to. <laughs> um totally uh, explain away so much hatred after endgame was this air quote blip i loved the blip i loved it dude that that. that, it just shut down so many haters after endgame because they 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 just explained it all away you know well why are these kids five years you know the five-year difference and how come some of them are still i really enjoyed how they did it in the form of the like high school news you know, AV club newsreel and, and they didn't take it, do it like really serious. They kind of just like, we're like, look, man, here it is. This is this, that is that motherfuckers blip. Like yep. that's just how it went, you know? Yeah, dude. That, uh, it just, I, I love that for so many reasons, man. They can just continue to use that. That's just going to be a term from in the MCU. Yeah, no hashtag blip is probably a thing on Twitter right now. If we it's check, like, you know, so, I, I did like how they 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 flat out addressed all the questions that you were going to have walking into a post end game MCU movie, and they 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 hit all the nails on the head right away, got it out of the way, did it in a nice, fun, lighthearted kind of way, so that you weren't, you know, you didn't want to like feel that weight of like the the end of end game and and everything like that. They wanted to keep it up the pace of the movie needed to be a lot faster. So the fact that they were able to do it in a, a really fun kind of campy way, uh, I think that was a real big success. For sure. No, I, I totally agree with you there. I'm starting to think this isn't one of those movies that we disagree on. We seem to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it. We may have enjoyed it for different reasons. Um, but I think overall, you know, it was, it was a successful Marvel film. I mean, kudos to them for being able to, to come out of a, a film like Endgame and, you know, still hit, still hit the ground running, you know, yeah. like, yeah, kudos to them. Yep, for sure for sure dude there are so many uh so many reasons to laugh in this movie this is definitely a, a good comedy without it being way too in your face but i think my favorite thing that made me laugh the most which was kind of an ongoing joke was the peter tingle the peter tingle <laughs> he, had, he had to get his tingle, man he had to get his peter tingle back working like oh, yeah dude, it was... the, the... I, I love how the, the spider sense is yet to be mentioned yet they've yet to mention spider sense since civil war up until now yeah, there's a few things with the whole um, Spider-Man franchise to begin with like that. I don't think that any, anybody has ever said the word thwip in a Spider-Man movie yet. And to not have any character refer to the sound effect, uh, the, the you know, the most famous sound effect in all of comics. You know, it's either it's either thwip or snicked. 
in, in for Wolverine. It's it, it could be a toss up for, for the uh, most famous Marvel sound. Oh, definitely effect. the top two most famous onomatopoeias <laughs> in all of comics ever, for sure. There's there's no yeah. doubt about that. But it is kind of odd that through all of the. You no, know, I just want I just want to hear Peter Parker say, "Yeah, I'm just going to run over there and whip them real quick," and you know, and have it be like the you're going to what and and have it be this little kind of nod to to the comics and yeah spider-man yeah, no, for fandom. sure that needs to happen like they do enough fan service can i get a bone here like can i get one you're, you're gonna you're gonna toss everybody every other demographic you know a, a joker here and there like let me just get a thwip can i can a brother get a thwip that's that's it's a good point that's uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm behind you on that for sure we we need a we need a thwip in the movies for sure oh man uh so the the, the big Really, the big driver of this whole movie was Edith. Edith being the glasses that are handed over to, to Parker. And who would have thought that these sunglasses this whole time would really been the, the force behind this whole movie, or at least it gives it a plot. So, I mean, what, what, what did you think about Edith? And I actually, I love the, I love the acronym. And it's even in death, I'm the hero. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. I, I mean, this is our, what, third rendition of uh, a Tony Stark AI um, that kind of controls everything. I, I did find it odd that handing over, like, essentially the nuclear codes would be that easy. Hey, I'm going to yeah. pass these glasses off. Like, like the one, the fact that he puts on the glasses and it scans everybody and knows who everybody is. But when he looks at Mysterio, he doesn't know that he's a dude that worked at Stark Industries and was fired. Like, the glasses just don't pick up. Edith, you know, like the fact that he, or, or he how worked about at Stark Industries. You know, he's not from another dimension. He he worked for the company that made those glasses. Yet there, there's no file on dude when he looks at him. Like the same thing with them not recognizing uh, certain heroes as scrolls. You know, he how come he doesn't? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe this the power of being a scroll is that uh, i don't i don't know maybe that 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 code's integrated into the glasses because of the scenario but yeah no even then it's it's never mentioned well, and and you give you give a drone army with the power to probably take over most most small third world countries and you just make like i said a, a kid has easy access to it there's no fail safes built in like, yeah, that's the big thing is these drones were more than willing to just blow up this 16-year-old kid. <laughs> no questions. Is this the target? Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. It didn't even have to finish the – you couldn't even get the R and the E off from the word sure before the things were willing to fire. De deleting files on my computer has more safe, not, safe uh, <laughs> you know, breaks than, than that. Like it's, it's – yeah, it was – so there, that I mean, on on the Nerd Canteen review I wrote, I only gave it four stars. It's you know, it's missing a star for like stuff like that. Oh like, yeah, no, I would, I would inconsistencies. It wasn't a perfect movie. It was good. It was a good movie, you know. But like, yeah, a lot of the Edith stuff didn't sit right with me, you know, just because like realistically, like really, Tony Stark's the smartest man in the MCU so far until you know someone gives us a fucking Reed Richards for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> you know but you know there's there's no fail safes in the kid could just hand the glasses over to an ex stark employee and there's no no red flag that goes up in that computer system at all like give me a break 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you there. That was one way it did kind of fall short, just a little bit. Um, well, one thing uh, about this new Spider-Man universe that really just has irked me from the beginning is uh, Mary Jane. And more than anything, I'm just pissed they still haven't given her red hair yet. Just dye the bitch's hair red. I don't care if it's even just red at the tips or whatever. Just give a little bit of red hair in there. So, you know, I don't I don't know it's not supposed to be Mary Jane Watson or whatever, but if you're going to uh, try to give us a Mary Jane story, then I don't know. I just, just something, just something. But I will say this movie, I really, I, I found it to be a lot, a really redeeming with her character. I thought she was a cool character and I was expecting a lot more of her. And that was something that I was not looking forward to because my least favorite Spider-Man stories are the 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 love stories i mean i'm i'm in a very small group of people in that manner but i don't like the spider-man stories well that's a big part of the spider-man stories is you know the fact that peter parker is a teenager that's when everybody falls in love for the first time you know that that kid just dumb hormonal love stories like it is a big part of of every you know, 14 to 17 year olds life. And you can't have a realistic teenage superhero without him having those, that, that hormonal crush and, and stuff like that. So I, I think it really is essential. No, and character. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. You know, it's, I, I would rather see Spider-Man punching, you know, Green Goblin in the face than, worrying about his date with Mary Jane. But if you're going to put Mary Jane in there, at least give her fucking red hair, man. <laughs> but with that, all that being said, I actually did. I wasn't mad with how they, uh, how they, they, they put her, her character added a lot to the film. Like it, 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 she, she did a really good job and they didn't give you so much that she, the, the film became a Spider-Man and Mary Jane movie. No. Um, but they, they gave you just enough to like want a little bit more like you left the theater like oh, i could have she was she was funny in times and their their relationship was good you know like i could have i could have did with a couple more of those scenes they it it, it left you wanting which is actually really good because i think i think in the third spider-man movie that's where you're going to get a spider-man and mary jane type movie where she does have a, a real prevalent role and hopefully they'll do so they'll keep up so, the good writing and storytelling that goes along with that but her character added a lot and i you know the red hair stuff doesn't bother me as much i i, I enjoy what her personality and her the way she portrays mary jane is like the uh in my review i called it the the cool nerd so she's like the cool nerdy and he's the awkward nerdy you know, and they're kind of like feeling each other out. Like they did a really good job of of portraying those two like character types. And yeah, I, th- I think I think going forward, I think you'll get a little bit more of her. But at this this movie was was just just the right amount, just enough to leave you wanting and looking forward to a Spider Man three where she might be in you know more scenes and have a bigger role to play. Uh, and I will agree. I don't think it was too much at all. I was expecting to be overwhelmed, and I think it was just the right amount. So, I, I got to give it to him on that one. I, I don't hate the Mary Jane thing, <laughs> not not so much. Um, now, there there's there's a one thing that kind of just 
it threw me off, but they did explain it away, and it was how Nick Fury just knew fucking nothing uh, throughout this whole thing. He he was just he he really knew nothing, and they they tried well, to explain he was it away. Crying that they didn't, no one respected. Respect my authority. Like he was all upset that he wasn't in the know anymore, and. Yeah, uh, this is the second Marvel film now that they've really kind of just, I think, not have done the Nick Fury character a good service. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Maybe just because Nick Fury's been in everything almost, that they're just they figure it's it's like once once you become a multi platinum artist, you could just record whatever the fuck you want and it'll sell because you are who you are at this point i think nick fury is just that's the dick he's swinging right now you know i could just i could be any version of me and or of nick fury and people are gonna eat it up and there's gonna be a few comic book nerds that don't dig it but fuck them and i think that's i mean i just kind of think that that's how marvel's handling this character now well i mean eventually maria hill takes over shield in the comics and i think we're going to enter that point especially with marvel wanting to have females have a more prevalent role in the mcu i think we're going to end up hitting the point where um nick fury kind of bows out at some point samuel l's been in in the you know since day one he's been in these things so I think he might take a step back and they might let uh, the Maria Hill character maybe run S.H.I.E.L.D. for a little while like she did in the comics. Yeah, and I mean, I could see them doing that. That makes sense. I'm not really looking forward to that because she's one of my least favorite comic book characters. But at the same time, I mean, it's the comics and the movies are still very different. And who knows who, I mean, what Feige could do to a character to make it interesting. So I don't you know. Need, I could see Maria Hill taking over. You need... um. Samuel L. Jackson is getting a little too old to be a action star. And I think people are wanting a little bit more out of the Nick Fury character than just a hard nosed general type, you know, that comes in and this is the plan and, and that they, they're really not doing his character any services in the fact that you know, comic book Nick Fury's a badass. He's, you know, he gets in the fights. It's a lot more than just hiding behind a, a car and giving cover fire. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, give us the Howling Commandos. Give, in, give us something like that, man. Give us some real Nick Fury stories. Uh, shit, at this point, I think a, a Nick Fury solo movie backstory would be fun. I mean, before Captain Marvel and all of that. Let, let, let us see. I mean, I, it's, it's Samuel L. Jackson. He can make it. Well, I think I think with the way they ruined his character in Captain Marvel that they need to give you a in between Captain Marvel and and uh, current and show yeah. you show you how that he went from a cat scratched my face kind of bumbling like secret agent into this you know, decorated general that commands respect everywhere he goes and is just a, a you know, badass motherfucker. It, it, you don't get that from Captain Marvel and it's starting to fade in these latest renditions of the character. So I think yeah. you almost need something. But at the same time, I think Samuel L. Jackson is too old to do a movie like that. Yeah, he's getting up there, man. Like I, I think you're gonna need it. I think you're just gonna really need a new, a new face. 
Yeah, you know? no, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Maria Hill is the easy answer for sure. I mean, and, and it's and it stays easier. with continuity. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I dig it. Um, oh shoot, there's there's some. All right, let's get to the let's get to the post credit scenes. What yeah. did uh, <laughs> there, there there were two, and I'll be damned if did you, you stayed for both of them, right? Yeah, I stayed for both. Yeah, and this was so hard for me because I took my five year old nephew, and he, I mean, just just getting him to to chill out for the first post credit scene was was. Oh yeah, and the second one's so long. It's so- oh yeah, and the, the there's just that that credit roll is so long in between those. So I I I almost got up, and then I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna get on the internet real quick. Is it gonna be worth it? Because if it's gonna be like Captain Marvel's second credit scene, I would have you know been out for sure but when i saw I, just, I saw the word scroll and i was like oh shit no i gotta stay but let's talk about that first one which i think is probably the the biggest and best thing to happen out of this movie and that's J. jonah jameson yeah i thought and and the fact that it's the same actor from the original jameson, like dude like there, no one else can play him like no, there's there's and, been no better rendition of jk simmons that, or you could hear you can't you can't read a, a spider-man comic now without seeing J. Jonah, J. jonah jameson on the panel and hearing it as jk simmons screaming it yeah and and the fact that he's you know like i don't know whose idea it was if he was like look guys you gotta let me do it or if they were just like would you want to do it again and he was just like fuck yeah like like that's me i'm that dude uh, you know like not work for life now because jk or uh, j jonah james isn't isn't a character that could ever age out of the universe um i mean so it's it's perfect well, the next and the next one it maybe leads you to believe that we're going to get our friendly neighborhood spider-man again because it's going to be a more if they're going to bring him in then it's got to be a more localized movie because he's he's local press and it you know he spider-man's the bad guy in his eyes at all times and if they're gonna play on that which is you know what we should be led to believe you know, you're probably going to get back to the to the local New York friendly neighborhood Spider-Man kind of stories, and uh, yeah. that's kind of exciting. Well, I know that there's definitely been rumors thrown about that um, they want to bring in either Deadpool or Venom into the Spider-Man three, and I could see that I could see them doing Venom in a sense because with now that J. Jonah Jameson is about, we could bring in the Eddie Brock thing. Yeah. So I could see Eddie Brock going to work for the the Daily Bugle. Well, like it's not the Daily Bugle anymore. He works for a fucking uh, shit news site. Or yeah. Well, they, I mean, you have to you have to keep up with the times. And, oh yeah, no, for so, sure, I dig yeah. it. I, I like really. I because I, now we get to see his face <laughs> screaming now instead of you know him dictating it to a writer. You know, it's I I, I like that aspect way more. I like how they they modernize that for sure. But I, I don't know. It just makes sense to bring in Eddie Brock now, so I I, I could see that happening. It, it's it 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 is an exciting endpoint to to keep, get you get us guys like us talking about a third movie two days after you know, a, know. Day, <laughs> a day after the the first showings you know so like it it did it did a good job in that sense is you know it, it gave you that nice like kind of like not really a cliffhanger but a 
like, oh, you didn't think we were going to do this? Guess what? Boom. And then they throw J. Jonah at you. And, and then after all that, they throw the cliffhanger. Because it's not just J. Jonah Jameson being J. Jonah Jameson. It's J. Jonah Jameson uh, straight up outing Spider-Man's identity already. So we've already got the big identity outing. My, now, immediately I'm bummed because we're not going to get the Illumina- Illuminati to fix it all. <laughs> like, like that's, I mean, that's what happens in the comics originally. That's how he fixes it the first time is he gets Stark, Richards, and uh, I think T'Challa. Or is it Banner? One of them. But he gets a bunch of of all of those guys and together, and it's essentially the majority of the Illuminati. And he had a oh, Doctor Strange—that's what it is. And they create a giant magic spell to wipe out everyone's memories of you know his identity. That's not going to happen in this one, or at least with that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Like it's they're they obviously have a plan. They wouldn't do these things. Oh yeah, unless no. they they obviously have a plan on where they want to take this. And like I said, if if Spider Man's going to be the character that carries the the MCU torch, they might address it in somebody else's movie. You know, um, and and have it, it done there. You know, his introduction was in an ensemble captain america movie you know he's only had two of his own he was in Endgame and infinity war so yeah. the majority of spider-man scenes have been in like other people's movies no and that's, um, that's so so they might address this in in some other form faster than having to wait the three-year production wait that we're probably going to have to for part three or I mean, even yeah, at least address it in some manner to where we're, we're going to be hinted at in something. It may not be a full reveal, but at least some sort of clue or something along those lines. Maybe maybe they'll do a Venom too, and that's that's how they'll handle it. Is have a second Venom movie? And yeah, I mean they're slated for three. So I mean Venom, they, Tom Hardy did sign on for three Venom movies now. So and that's what I mean with Marvel owning it. If they want to bring him in the universe, they could do it and then have a Spider-Man in in his in that movie and just yeah who knows how they'll do it like there's it's it's exciting though the, the I'm, I'm glad to be talking about these things in in like a wider scope of future sense you know after infinity war everything was just like hyper focused on one movie and what was going to happen in this one movie because a whole bunch of marvel movies kind of funneled into one well now we got a widen you know the other end uh, that we have to take one movie and widen it back into an expanding universe before it can contract back down to one so to to see the way that they're gonna to to widen it out again is is it's exciting for sure and they i think this movie did a good job of maintaining audiences interest because i've asked a lot of people out of my own curiosity after endgame do you care about the Marvel movies anymore was it just was it overwhelming is it too much is was this a good ending and most people said yeah I'm probably going to take a break but if people did make it out to see Spider-Man I think a lot of people are going to change their opinions on that because it, it I'm excited I didn't lose excitement but I, I had a feeling that they were going to pull back the reins really 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 hard for a couple of years and I, I don't think they pulled back all that hard in this movie no, I think I think a lot of the people that were skeptical are just like, yeah, I'm kind of burnt out. After people leave this movie, they're like, no, you should probably go see this movie. Like, I think a lot of people are, so they'll have a good second weekend and third weekend and fourth weekend, I think, just because 
a lot of people are gonna come back and and tell it like like yo you went and saw it like yeah would you know it's it's you should probably go see it it's it's definitely worth it it's not what you think you know just go in and, and have a good time and i think i think more of the audience will just be slow lurchers into into the theater rather than you know huge opening weekend like i'm ex- I, i'm wondering where where this one's gonna fall on on opening weekends especially with it being the holiday weekend and stuff yeah yeah no for sure with it being a tuesday release uh, the definitely through i didn't even realize until i mean i was just looking at my phone and i saw oh that end credit scene of spider-man i was like oh shit what day is it i had and i i i immediately i went and bought a ticket for the next showing i could find because i couldn't afford to not be on my phone so I had work to do. <laughs> I went and got a ticket to the next day. I had no idea that the movie was even coming out that day. So I was just such an odd release. I wonder. So it makes me wonder how it is going to affect sales. Because I know everyone I know is out camping and shit. So yeah. So it, it it'll be interesting. I yeah. I bought tickets a couple months ago when they first went on sale just to make sure that I I had my seat. And uh, I didn't really realize it was a Tuesday until like yeah a couple days ago. Yeah. I actually thought it was today. And then I was yeah. like, it's not the third, it's the second. I was like, man, okay, like, all right. Yeah. And, I, and then I made me wonder, like, why there wasn't, like, the midnight Monday showing, why it was Tuesday the first day I could buy it. Like, you know, if, if, t- if it premieres on Tuesday, then they usually do a few of the 10 o'clock shows the right. day, night before, because I would have seen it on Monday then. Yeah, yeah, the theater I go to, they do, a, like, a 5 or a 6 o'clock showing. So usually... So, I mean, uh, even up to a seven o'clock showing for the first show. So, I mean, you can go pretty early the day before usually. So, nope, none of that here. None of that yeah, here. I don't know. Um, oh, the, last, the last final thing I want to touch on uh, was the, I mean, there were two post-credit scenes. Um, and it really kind of leads into probably the biggest disappointment I had in Endgame. And that was the total lack of scroll mentioning at all they mentioned zero scrolls at all in endgame and i thought that was going to be one of the bigger reveal things they were going to do without having to really blow anybody's mind but just still get a wow factor was say oh so and so was a scroll by the way and it could have been someone small and i would have been fine with it but we got nothing and then we got this whole movie where they mentioned no scrolls whatsoever until that last credit scene and i thought it was just it's so cool. Uh, it's just fucked up how they're using them, but it fucked up in a way that I find to be very amusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I it didn't sit too well with me, like the fact that that you know, one that Fury would allow them to to go off and do that, like he would allow someone to kind of play him in a half-assed version of himself in a, an official capacity and maria hill as well i mean we got we got to see what fury was doing during that whole time well, we never got to see what maria hill was actually and do you really know what he's doing like do you really know you just know where he's at well that's true you just you know, know he's really. up in space just fake chilling so yeah. but with yeah. a whole on a whole ship full of scrolls I, I but and i don't like the fact that they're leading them to believe they're they're like on our side like the scrolls are some of the most famous villains secret invasion is one of the best crossover events marvel's ever done and that's what i'm hoping this ends up leading up to is a secret invasion storyline somewhere 
somewhere in the future. We at least need one villainous scroll, man. Give us super scroll. You know, if you want to make all the scrolls good, well, you I guess, you you know, I'm, I guess I'm okay with that because they at least made Four. them likable. Well, maybe that's how they bring in the Fantastic Four is what they want to do more with the scrolls and they bring in, they introduce the Fantastic Four and and the super scrolls are they did make reference to a secret Cree um like cell at, at one point in the movie that they they do acknowledge that there's Cree living on earth hidden among us like it was a really quick one line thing that they said I'm sure a lot of people missed it but like when I heard it, I was like, "Oh shit, we're talking about Cree." I like uh, we're, you know, I we, we, I heard we mentioned the word Cree in, in the Spider-Man movie. Okay, okay. I was, you know, I thought I heard the word Cree too, but it, you're right; it did just kind of came quick and fast. The other thing that I that they didn't really verbally mention, but well, Peter's on the flight and he's going through and looking at all the movies and stuff, and there's a bunch of documentaries. We see one thing on there where they mention Nova, and they don't necessarily say it's the Nova, but or I mean the you know the a person is nova but as he's flipping through it's uh, like a captain america documentary and a iron man documentary and then something nova so i mean there's there's a hint at that coming in there too and i don't know there's just it, it does set up a a lot of things i don't know how how quick and how quick we'll get them but you're i really if the scrolls don't lead to a secret invasion event of some sort then i think they're kind of wasting the scrolls Especially since they're not even villainous at this point. Exactly, they they make them seem like this like soft race of yeah. like lonely refugees, and they want this like you. They want you to feel bad for their character, and for people that don't read comics, I guess that's good because when the hammer drops, that they're these ruthless villains. Um, there, some people might be shocked, and it might be a good moment for for them. For someone who's read the comics and has known about scrolls for fucking what fifty years, um, they it's it's really weird to see them being portrayed like this. It just doesn't sit right, um, given the fact that you know either where they're going with it really slowly or what they're wasting an opportunity to do with these these characters, you know, if, if they don't. Considering the movie they were introduced in, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. Normally, I would have all types of faith. So, yeah, now they got this. But the way they came in and the movie they were introduced in, I'm not, I, I don't know if I have as much faith because, I mean, uh, the more and more I think of, I mean, I got to say, Captain Marvel is my least favorite MCU movie now that, you know, I went through and thought about it real hard and. It was just, I mean, just cinematic. It was just a bad movie. It was felt really, really, really rushed and lazy. And, and it makes me worry about the scrolls. I do, because that was really the only reason, besides obligations to do a podcast on the movie, that I went and saw the movie. It was be I mean, at least the only actual interest I had personally was the scrolls. Because I, I, I've, I've never liked Captain Marvel as a character ever, period, since the beginning of the character. Well, and I, I don't like what they're doing with these characters. They're making them, like, I guess campy is the word to use. I, I don't know. Like, they're, they're, not, they're not strong versions of themselves. It's like they're caricatures of, You're absolutely right. of, of a strong character. Like... I don't. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a. I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but it's just. It's like the doll version of of what these characters should be. I agree. I agree, man. I do. 
So we've seen this this version of Spider-Man in five adaptations now, or at least five different movies. We've seen them in Civil War, the two Avengers movies, and his two uh, standalone movies. Rank your favorite Tom Holland appearance so far out of the five. Um, I mean, his his own movies are his own movies because he gets to really step in in front of the camera and and do his thing. But I still think the way they used him in Civil War was was phenomenal. Um, you know, his original introduction, the 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 dialogue, the back and forth, the 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 action scenes, like they they really used him. I think the best in Civil War, um, but but Homecoming is is a is a solid movie. Like it it was a good intro to the character to to really solidify uh, who Peter Parker is, what kind of Spider Man he's gonna be, and um, you know Far From Home just kind of carried it carried that with it. It didn't yeah. it didn't you know. Uh, ruin the feel of the of homecoming but it also i don't think did as good of a job as as homecoming did Uh is portraying uh the characters it was more it was more about i think mysterio because they wanted to do the good bait and switch on it so you you as it progressed the peter parker the mj all the friends it it progressed you know the blip and everything it did but not as much as they really tried to get you tied to the Mysterio character so they could pull the rug out from under you. So you don't really, you don't really get hooked into Spider-Man as much as you did in the first film with the second one. Gotcha. Yeah. No, well, I, 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 I'd have to agree with you there on, on some aspects, but I would say overall, as far as just, an entertainment level for me i really think that this this is probably my favorite uh, out of all of really? i really liked far from home quite a bit um homecoming i was kind of on the fence on because i wasn't entertained throughout all of the movie uh, and um i think that was just one it was a really really heavy on the on the love aspect of it all and for really no payoff whatsoever <laughs> So, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it kind of made sense throughout that whole movie. It's just, like I said, because I'm not really drawn to that plot, it wasn't as good for me. This one, it was just the right amount. And I, as much as I love Michael Keaton as the vulture, uh, this this one was, the villain was just way too good for me. Jake Gyllenhaal was just perfect as Mysterio. It's a shame that they killed him off. I mean, they can't have totally killed them all we got to see sinister six right i mean yeah we'll see how how they they end it you know um but yeah i i mean i i see your point i i think that you know for me the the um the way that you know the the scenes where he's trying to figure out the suit and how he's starstruck by tony stark and and you see more of his relationship with him and his aunt uh, that plays more into the classic Spider-Man role. Like, I think that the first one just kind of, you know, did a really good job of getting you hooked on this Spider-Man. We've had other versions of Spider-Man. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of ways that uh, you could portray this character and, 
and overdo certain things or underdo certain relationships. And I think that they really hit the nail on the head with the first one and, and doing a more modern take take on Aunt May, you know, kind of a younger, more vibrant, you know, older woman character rather than the granny type Aunt May. Yeah. Um, so they have a better banter and a better relationship that plays well. Yeah, no, I, I, I do enjoy I, I do enjoy that aspect of you know, it. And, and I think I think the second movie benefits from how well they did the first movie is that you just get to they they carry that on their back walking into this movie so that the other things of far from home are what's highlighted and you enjoy because they already laid that foundation of of who Peter Parker is, who and his relationship with Aunt May, you know, his relationship with his friends. Like the, the the origin movies are usually the worst of of the of the like character trilogies. You know, the first Captain America, the first Thor. Like they all they all have to do so much character development that the plot most of the time suffers a little bit in, in the rendition. So so to have an, an origin movie do like do a really good job of of not just getting you bonded to this character and introducing a character, but, but also telling a story and, and taking you from a beginning to an end it is one of the better of the, of the origins, I think in the MCU. And I think it, it should get its credit. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not, by no means do I think it was a bad movie or anything like that. It was just, you know, as far as the, the MCU movies, it was, it was, it had a, a lot to live up to or the, the, the bar was high is what I'm trying to say. So it's uh, homecoming just kind of fell short for me in comparison. But when, after I had, do have a lot more respect for it now after, cause I did not expect to, I was not excited about this movie at all until they mentioned multiverse. And I just, from there, I just figured, okay, they're just going to give us a huge timeline for phase four. And I really thought this was me. <laughs> they jumped the shark. I thought I thought this movie was going to be the one where they they jump the shark and really just dive face first into this multiverse and try to tell these uber sci-fi storylines instead of telling character stories that they've been so good at for the last decade. You know, I, I really thought that they were gonna they were gonna jump the shark on this one. I'm so glad that they didn't. Yeah, no, they uh, they they fucking tricked us both, man. And I think it was all for the best, for sure. No, they did. The, the media campaign was really good in in playing towards people's fears and then alleviating those fears with a good movie. Like I think that was the best strategy. It's a risky one, um, but but it worked, man. It really did work. And I think it was ironic that they did it with Mysterio as the villain too. You know they fucking pulled the curtain over us just like Mysterio would I guess well we all knew he couldn't be there's no way he could be the good guy but it was like how are they gonna spin this how are they gonna right. how, how are they gonna turn the turn him into a bad guy and yeah you thought it was gonna have something to do with with multiple dimensions and a bunch of bullshit and I'm just glad they just they, they made it like no we're just a bunch of smart dudes and yeah. and regular dudes we're, we're like I, I like the fact that they solidified our dimension again and didn't play in a bunch of what if bullshit that that the the world blew up a bunch of crazy shit happened and now we're kind of sucking back down to uh, okay but we're we're it's post end game everybody get over it we're this is the new world let's move forward let's not keep talking about 
this and that that happened in the past. Let's let's look forward to the MCU, and I'm so glad they're they're going in that direction. Yeah, and even though there was technically him traveling around the world, it still felt like a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So it was I don't know I I, I appreciated it for that aspect for sure. Yeah, it was it was Spider-Man Euro trip. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, you said you gave it a four out of five. Um, I would, I'd probably have to agree with that. I'd probably have to give it a four out of five myself. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a perfect movie, you know, but it was still a good movie. So, you know, it deserves its credit. I'd say out of all the live action Spider-Man films, um, I, I would have to rank it towards the top for myself, actually. Um, I, I might have to. I mean, yeah, this franchise is killing the old ones, the Sony ones. Like, yeah, this franchise is killing them. Tom yeah, Holland's the sure, best man. rendition of Spider-Man they they've had so far, and you know he just plays that character so well. He he fits it. You know he looks young. He he acts childish when he needs to, but but a mature childish when 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 the character demands that maturity. Um, yeah, no, I like I'm I'm completely happy with the franchise so far. Right on. Well, I think we could about wrap this up. Uh, well, uh, before we go though, I want you to give you I want to give you a chance to plug your podcast, man. Tell people what the Nerd Canteen is all about. I know this is definitely where I go for all of my nerd news. First, that's for sure. I'm not just saying that. I've I've said this in the past uh, since you started your podcast. I know I've been listening since the beginning. I've watched the growth. Um, I really enjoy your guys' content. It's very insightful. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's well thought out. That's for sure. Yeah, no, we're just trying to promote positive nerd life. You know, it's, uh, you know, you nerd culture is kind of taken over and it's gotten, you know, a little diluted with, with everybody thinking they're nerds, but so we want to, we want to give like the true nerds a, a nice cool hangout to to promote their their stuff their lifestyle talk to other people about what they like you know so we don't specify just to one thing i mean i write movie reviews and and tv show reviews but we have board game reviewers book reviewers on there i write uh just random articles tidbit articles and things like that yeah, um so you guys get relevant guests on there too you know with your video game segment you guys get you know people with huge video game followings and stuff on there to come on and talk about i mean yeah no and yeah, you you do have a pretty decent guest list that's for sure i loved your comic-con cover or uh c2 it was a fun time you know so we uh we're just trying to have a nice little nerd hangout for everybody to come by the comic book guys like yourself everybody um, if you go to uh, the nerdcantina.com f- uh, forward slash community, that'll take you to our uh, closed Facebook group where everybody hangs out and drops their best memes. And we have a couple theme days and, and things like that. Then there's the uh, the podcast, the Nerd Cantina show. We do a weekly news show. And then on the side, do uh, Cantina conversations where we have interviews with people promoting nerd life in a cool nerd way um screenwriters authors uh comic book writers things like that and then uh i think after this episode we're going to record another fight me friday uh so every once in a while we like to put two nerds up against each other and let them duke it out uh, you know with with their wits so a lot of fun things going on come check us out you know brian hangs out it's a it's a good time oh yeah man uh you could be supported on patreon too right yeah we have a we have a patreon page actually i just ordered a a shit ton of stickers you know so anybody that joins up on patreon in the next two months you were mailing you a free sticker uh the smallest donation is a dollar so 
a buck a buck will get you a sticker and you could come and you can support the show and and get a little bit of swag to to go along with it you know every every dollar goes towards these nice microphones and and upgrading cameras and and things like that and keeping keeping the monthly bills away oh yeah man oh yeah well dude i really appreciate you coming on i'm definitely gonna have you on for sure again no it's a it's a good time you know we did this for for one of our comic book articles we we haven't done it since so it was good it's a good time hanging out for sure man well uh you have a happy holiday be safe don't blow any limbs off <laughs> yeah, same, same to you guys uh and to all your listeners man america fuck yeah america fuck yeah that's how we're gonna end this dude cheers <laughs> cheers <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, for all you podcast nerds out there, I'd like to remind you real quick and fast so you can get paid to actually listen to podcasts. Yeah, you heard me right. Go to uh, your Google Play Store, your Android Store, wherever you get your apps, and download an app called PodCoin. And you can actually earn money, real money, gift cards, all that good stuff, Starbucks, Target, all that good stuff, as you listen to podcasts. And all you have to do is listen. You don't have to do anything special, but I can get you started right off the bat by entering promo code COMICS after you download the app, and we'll just hook you up with 300 coins right off the bat. Start earning immediately. And it's not just Cheers to Comics on there. All your other favorite podcasts are on there as well. So as soon as you're done listening to the latest episode of this podcast, go over and listen to all your other favorites and continue to earn. So use promo code COMICS, download the app, and yeah, get yourself some money. You could also donate to charity as well. So whether it's for kids or animals or whatever, you can do all that good stuff. So feel good about yourself listening to a podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now